This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about something that every single person in business really needs to be very conscious of. And we talk about things like your headshot, you know, and how to have a great photo. We've even talked to some people about how to dress uh, for our job applicants and people like that. We've talked about how to interview. Obviously, we talk about business tips, you know, how to do email marketing, websites, all those various things. But if you're not making a great first impression almost immediately, then none of this might even be important because the person that you were talking to goes, eh, maybe not so much. So what am I talking about? Well, I am talking about your voice. And so today we're going to have so much fun and we're going to learn so much. And I have to watch that I don't get so carried away that my voice gets all squeaky. Um, right. That's one of those things that happens. And so today, please join me in welcoming Bill Patty to our program. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Deb. How are you doing? You know, I told you as we were doing the the uh, pre-chat for the program, it makes me nervous to talk to you because using my voice is clearly what I do as a large part of my business. And so it's it's something that I obviously need to make sure I have right. But it is so true that so many of us don't stop to think about how we're making that first impression. You know, we're told they, they look us over. You know, they, they determine if we look professional. Are we smiling? All of those various things. But then we totally forget that when we open our mouths, that really is something that is going to have a great impact on future business relationships. Absolutely. Do you fit into our business, into our office environment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your voice is critical to success. Right. And I'm talking slow Mm -hmm. so I can slow you down a bit, Deb. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I just analyzed you in the minute or two that you talked. Mm -hmm. And you're very good. First of all, I'd say you are like network quality. You should be on some national syndicated talk show you have you have a sally jesse raphael and i'm going way back in time kind of voice Mm -hmm. if you're familiar with her i am Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah and you know how to communicate and you know how to talk for extended periods of time this is very important right i (laughs) I take that deep breath Mm -hmm. yes and and once you go you're off and the you said to me before we went on that you talk a little bit fast and you do but mm-hmm. i think it's your excitement and i noticed a filler word or two what are filler words the ums the ahs mm-hmm. you knows mm-hmm. everyone slips those in from time to time they can be distracting if you get carried away and there are people who literally have hundreds of them in a 10 minute conversation right. so you have to be careful about that as well but other than that, I give you an A minus. Yay! Cool, cool. Well, hopefully by the end of the program, I'll have an A plus. But before we really get going, let me tell people a little bit about you. See, that's another one of the things I get so caught up in this that I forget that I have to give your introduction. <laughs> so Bill Patty of Your Voice Professor is a longtime award-winning national radio and television personality and voiceover talent. A graduate of Butler University in Indianapolis with a degree in radio and TV, Bill has taught speech and broadcasting courses at the university level for more than 15 years. Combining his work as a college professor with his experience as a radio and TV announcer, he opened a business called YourVoiceProfessor.com, where he teaches individuals voice and speech communication skills online, one-on-one, in real time, and across the United States and worldwide. Bill offers five exciting courses, which we're going to learn more about, including public speaking, voice acting, accent reduction, speaking voice, and podcasting, starting at only $30 per session. 
His CD, Presenting Your New Voice, and information on how to sign up for classes is available on his website, which is yourvoiceprofessor.com. Well, again, Bill, welcome, and let's jump back in. <laughs> wow, you read that beautifully. Well, and I'll tell you now, okay, so if it's not been obvious, I have had voice training. I started, um, I, I was a vocal performer uh, for many, many years, and so, so I started having voice lessons when I was... Oh, probably junior high age. So that's where I learned how to take the deep breaths from my diaphragm. Um, because, you know, you had to hold those long notes for a really long time. But, you know, and, and, but not everybody has had that. And, but there are other things like, you know, like you said, see, and there, see, when I get wound up, I forget the things that I'm supposed to do. Like not saying, we're like, we're like, we're like, um, <laughs> reading a bio. The first thing that I do is I always, always, always read it before I have to do the program. That way, if there's a word that trips me up or, or something, you know, I can easily figure that out. And then I do read more slowly and I really try to enunciate when I'm reading someone's bio. I noticed you definitely read differently than you just ad lib. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty normal, but you want to get that under control because it can impact your listeners. Right. So you want to make sure that you're not uh, moving too fast. And that's just about recording yourself each show. And you do, of course, mm -hmm. and monitoring yourself. You're pretty good at self-critique, I imagine. Mm -hmm. So you can see and hear what you're doing and you probably can make adjustments to it. But it's really about excitement. You are an excited person. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing on radio. Uh, for me, I try to be mellow because then my voice goes down. Right. Like this. Mm -hmm. And you see, women respond very well to men who talk down here. I know. It's just so like, it's, ooh. Yes, it's non-threatening, isn't mm -hmm. it? And that's what I, – because I, I've been divorced a couple of times, I'm not proud to say. And so I've been in the dating scene fairly mm -hmm. recently on computer. And as a result, I learned very quickly that the first thing you do when you talk to a woman – is you talk to them on the phone. Mm -hmm. And the impression you make on that phone will impact your relationship more than seeing that person right. because they've already decided if they like you from your voice. So mm -hmm. I talked like this. Deb, it's so wonderful to talk to you. I've been waiting a long time to have this moment that we can share together. And I'm hoping perhaps we can go out and have a cup of coffee here next week, get to know each other a little better. What do you think? Okay, I just melted. See? And you know, and and it is so true, especially with men, you know, the 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 deeper the voice until it gets too deep. I mean, there are those that are just so deep that they're like, Ugh. but <laughs> Bill, it has a sexy quality. You it know, does. And, and let's just be honest about that. Uh, one of my favorite people in the world to listen to Sam Elliott. Holy schmoly. Oh, I, mean, I, yeah. I could listen to that man read from the dictionary. And I'd sit there for hours. And and if it were somebody, you know, obviously a, a, a man with a higher pitched, faster, you know, all those various things, I'd go, Ugh, that's that's not, you know, and, and but not everyone has that voice. And then, of course, women and, and I kind of alluded to it at the start of the program. When women get excited, our pitch goes up and we start getting a little squeaky and we get in that voice range where the dog next door starts to howl. So I, I, I really do think about my pitch, my speed. I, for a long time, I had a note on my computer that said, slow down. It was on my monitor so that as I was speaking, I slowed down. And, and as you said, as you slow down, the pitch drops. So I laugh and I tell people, especially, you know, when I'm talking to them before the program and then we start the program that I have my radio voice because when I speak more slowly and really make sure I'm enunciating, it does drop that pitch a little bit. Everyone has different voices. As you know, mm -hmm. if you, work in an office, you have your office voice. Then when you go home, you have your wife voice. And then when you uh, go out with friends, you have your friend's voice. And right. when you're with your family, you have your family voice. So there are different voices we use for different situations in our life. When we talk to the boss, we have a different voice because right. the boss expects us to be a certain way and we mm -hmm. try to behave in that manner. That's how we 
stay employed and how we, of course, stay married. So this is what's important. Those are important things to remember. But if you're trying to succeed in business, you have to be a communicator. Mm -hmm. You have to be someone who can use their voice effectively to, yes, I'm going to say it, to manipulate others. Right. Because that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about selling yourself most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, go ahead, blow your own horn, Deb, because Mm -hmm. the fact is no one else will blow it for you. You have to do that. You have to be unafraid of saying, you know what? I'm really good for this job. I know what I'm doing. I'm really talented and I can communicate that fact to you without umming and eyeing through a conversation. And I do it slowly and deliberately with great pace and confidence. Sometimes, however, that takes training because many, many people today have never taken, believe it or not, a public speaking course. They know nothing about breathing other than they should be breathing to stay alive. Mm -hmm. That means they basically are shallow breathers. Mm -hmm. Now, Deb, I want you to look carefully at your upper chest area and tell me how you're breathing. Are you seeing you uh, the breath as you take a breath, are are you seeing your chest move in and out, or is it lower down in your diaphragm area? Mine is actually lower down, but that's because I have practiced that. Um, yes. You know, because I know that breathing from my diaphragm is is much better. I mean, you get a deeper breath when you're breathing from your lungs. It's that right. shallow breath, and we do that when we get excited because we're just so excited that we're <laughs> and then we end up almost hyperventilating. But people today shallow breathe and they do not. They breathe from their chest as opposed to their diaphragm. If you watch a baby, if you see a baby, look the way a baby is breathing. Mm -hmm. That is the way we were born to breathe. And somehow through the process of years, we stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And then we begin to do things like speak through our nose. And we sound like this, like a Fran Drescher type of person with Mm -hmm. uh, all this nasal air and it really sounds awful. Then we have people who talk through their throat, totally through their throat. They they don't want to bother with the diaphragm. It's too much work. Then we have people who don't open their mouth at all. They never open their mouth at all because it's too much work to make those sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of these things are critical to good articulation, enunciation, projection, resonance, all the things I cover in my training classes. Mm-hmm. And they're important. They're much more important than you think. They are who you are. You're a unique person, of course, but if you are trained in speech, you will be able to speak like Sam Elliott very, very well. But Sam Elliott, we we mentioned his name, and I'll bet you a lot of listeners have no idea who we're talking about. Right, but they'd know his voice if they heard it. That's why so many voiceover talents, Mm -hmm. people who do commercials, people who do uh, podcasts, people who do videos, are actors. Mm -hmm. Actors are trained to emote. They are trained to be emotional, passionate about the way they speak. You are trained because you were trained as a singer. Mm -hmm. That means you have the ability to emotionally impact people when you communicate by speaking or singing. That is a very, very interesting talent, and it has to be developed. Without training, it usually doesn't happen. There are some people born with great voices who just communicate beautifully. Mm -hmm. Others have to be trained, most others, So that's why I suggest if you want to be more successful, if you want to, as I say, have three things in your life, that's money, love and confidence, you will be voice trained. We want to make more money. We'll do that if we are voice trained and we can communicate better. We want to find true love. We want to find a beautiful woman or a great looking guy. We do that with a great voice. And we want to develop personal confidence so we can go out and speak to anyone, anywhere, about anything, confidently looking them square in the eye and not looking down at our cell phone once. Right. You know, and, and it is about having that confidence. And we know part of it is when you're more conscious, and maybe this is just me, when I'm more conscious of speaking, I'm more present in the conversation. You know, if I'm just kind of doing the mumble, mumble, then I'm really not paying attention to what they're saying. But when I am thinking about what I'm saying and how it's coming across, and and of course, here's the funny thing, and this is, you know, I, I can't do it without moving my hands. Even doing this program, my hands are just moving continually. If if I'm giving a presentation and they give me a remote control and a microphone, I'm lost. You know, I, I can't speak. But 
you, when you're focusing on, on that presentation, you are focusing on the conversation. Gestures are critical. Body language is critical mm-hmm. to great communication. No question about it. You don't want to take it to excess. Too much uh, swinging of your hands is, uh, you know, too much. <laughs> I might flap around and take off, right? <laughs> right. You don't want to do that, but you do want to gesture because it makes you more into the conversation, as you said, more emotionally involved. That's okay to move your hands, even your face, your body. That's all right. You'll find the best voice actors, voice talent, even though they're behind a microphone, they're gesticulating all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do to really sound very unique and very sincere when you communicate. This is all part of it. Body language, very critical, too. To be able to read body language is also a very interesting part of communication that is imperative to great success in business. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned actors and, and voiceovers. I'm sure, you know, most of our listeners have seen, you know, at least a short little video of an actor who is recording the voice for, say, a cartoon. They're not just standing there beside the microphone speaking. They're gesturing. They're that character mm-hmm. as they're doing the voicing. And, you know, yes, maybe they recorded it like that just for, for video, but you really do see that when they're gesturing and when they're, you know, or, or maybe it's a, a calm and somber type of thing, they're not moving around. So they're, they really are getting their entire body into that voice. Part of my training that we do in the classes that I teach at yourvoiceprofessor.com include One exercise that I think you would find very interesting. Basically, what we do is we take a generic sentence. Mm -hmm. It's about toothpaste, Colgate toothpaste, and it just has one line about Colgate toothpaste. But you have to say it 25 different ways using one adjective, Mm -hmm. each one different. Once you're sarcastic, once you're bitter, once you're humorous, once Mm -hmm. you're sexy. So if you try, most people are totally overwhelmed. By this possibility that they might have to change their voice within the same generic sentence Mm -hmm. 25 different times. Most end up being able to do it fairly well. Mm -hmm. They have never pushed themselves into that arena where they're thinking of the things they say emotionally. They never think about the fact that that adds so much to the conversation if you're passionate about what you believe in, if you're emotional about how you say things. I'm not talking about screaming it out. I'm talking about, you know, interpreting and acting what you're thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. That really adds to the conversation. It's not about volume. It's about the way you say things. Right. Well, and I tell people, practice saying out loud your introduction. You know, whether it's your 30 second elevator pitch or even if it's just your name, how is that coming across? And, and, and it is easier for me because I could record it, you know, some things like that, but we all can, you know, we all have smartphones. So we could record it and listen back and think, Oh, wow. I sound like one of the, the chipmunks or, you know, did I really say, you know, 18 times in one sentence? That's the thing is we, we don't catch how we sound until we listen to it. And, I don't think I've ever, you know, unless it's someone who is professionally trained, for the most part, anybody will say, oh, my God, I hate listening to my own voice. I'm still not wild about hearing my own voice. But the funny thing is, I'll listen to it and it's like, that's me. Hmm, Okay, because that's we hear it differently in our head, obviously. So when we start practicing these things, it's very eye opening. Yes. And as you know, I'm sure you know that. Uh, The fact is, uh, where our ears are in relationship to where the ears of a listener is are different. Mm -hmm. So the only way you can actually hear your voice yourself is to cup your ear with your hand. Mm -hmm. Now, then the old time announcers a hundred years ago before, you know, before they had television and Internet would cup their ear when they didn't have headsets. Right. And then they would actually be hearing themselves doing the voice work and actually hear what they sounded like. Mm -hmm. So people aren't getting the actual reproduction of their voice. So that's why they're so shocked when they hear what they sound like. And they don't believe they're actually saying all those filler words that are so negative that they end up saying they get into really bad habits. Some people get to the point where they say, you know, consistently three times in a sentence, right? It's that bad. So these kinds of things can be fixed. 
everything about your voice can be fixed. The only thing we can't change is the general pitch and, uh, you know, the pitch of your voice. Like you have a higher level uh, voice, a higher pitch voice because you have a vocal fold inside your throat, mm. also known as a vocal cord, that is a certain length. Mm-hmm. The longer the vocal fold, the deeper your voice, the shorter, the higher your voice. You can't change that. If you're a tenor or a soprano, it's because you have a short vocal fold. Mm-hmm. What you can change is the way you use your voice, how you can present yourself to make the best voice and the best sound that you can. That's a critical thing. It doesn't matter if you have a high-pitched voice, if you have a uniquely high-pitched voice that stands out. And in many cases, voiceover talents have unusual voices right. that are memorable. And so it doesn't mean that you have to have a Sam Elliott voice to be successful. You can sound like Gilbert Gottfried mm-hmm. and still be successful in what you do. But it's about articulation, enunciation, resonance, projection, pitch, tone, all of those items all together taught in my classes. And we do it in a very short period of time. This is not like brain surgery. This can be done in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you have changed. You have changed the way you sound, the way you present yourself. Because remember, it takes only four to five seconds to make that first impression. That's all. Four to five seconds. Mm -hmm. They are going to judge you from head to toe, not just your voice, but everything you're wearing, everything you're doing with your body. This is all instant. And you make your first impression and it pretty much is solid. It's very difficult to change it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you walk up to someone and mumble or squeak or, you know, do all of those various things it really does give a bad first impression, you know, or you know, think of it. If somebody comes up and is out of breath, you know, <laughs> you know, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? All these various things, it, it's all those cues that we get from people as to how we're going to proceed talking to them. Isn't it amazing how you can pick up on that? If you're very perceptive, if mm-hmm. you are trained, if you are ready to look at the other person and make a judgment on them in a positive or negative way. And sometimes I must admit, I get it wrong. I think, oh, that person is like this because they were like that. Mm -hmm. No, or they were shy or they were introverted. I'm an introvert. People don't realize I sound like I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. I was an introvert and I came out of my introversion by becoming a radio announcer. That was what I wanted to do more than anything else in the world from the age of 10 Mm -hmm. before my voice changed I wanted to be a disc jockey, and I became a disc jockey, and I was able to develop my voice. I was not born with some Sam Elliott voice. I was born with what I was born with, Mm -hmm. but I developed it to the best it could sound. Now I can tell people and listen to people and understand what their problems are instantly just by listening to their voice, even on the telephone. Now, if you use the telephone a lot, and I understand it's an old-fashioned way to communicate these days because people don't like to use the phone anymore because they don't particularly like to talk on the telephone. But the fact is, eventually you will have to talk on the phone. And a lot can be gleaned from the fact that you are on the phone and talking to someone. Are you able to conduct a conversation where you say more than yes, no, and just the basic information? Are you able to be funny? Are you able to be friendly? Are you able to smile at people? You know, Mm -hmm. a smile gives you warmth. It gives you friendliness, excitement, enthusiasm. These are important traits. And I always say fake it until you make it. Well, that means be an actor. This is a performance. Mm -hmm. My students are all performers. That's what I say immediately. This is show business. It's mm-hmm. sh- it's a show. It's the presentation. And it's business. Of course, mm-hmm. the business world we're in. But you are presenting to people every minute you're speaking. They are judging you on what you say and how you say it. How about putting your best foot forward and doing it correctly? And you will be further ahead. I guarantee it's going to happen for you if you just invest a little bit of time and money in yourself in this area. Right. And then it does take practice. You know, I see, I keep falling into that, you know, thing. And and it's funny because I know when I say, you know, and I do that little mental every time, (laughs) but it's just an affectation that that people have. And I try to really tone it back. I also try to not say, uh, and, um, a lot. 
those are things that we use to when we're pausing to think. You know, so it, you still might pause, but don't have that come out of your mouth. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned practicing. I've got a, a friend here in Atlanta, a business associate, who is a realtor. One of the things in his uh, repertoire of skills that he does and, and marketing practices is he likes to call every single person in his database every quarter. Now, he knows he's going to get voicemail for almost all of those, you know, because people see, you know, they see the caller ID, we're busy, whatever it is. So, you know, it, it goes into voicemail. He does several things that initially I thought, well, that's hokey. And then, of course, I realized they're wonderful skills. He stands as he's making all of those phone calls. He stands now. He doesn't pace. He stands in front of a mirror so that he's talking to someone and every single call he makes, he, he, you know, and especially when he is leaving a message, he likes to have that mindset that he's really speaking to them. He's not leaving a message because how many times when we're leaving a message, do we drop our tone? We lose that smile, all of those various things. And then why would people want to call you back? Wow. I like this person. He's good. He's really good at it. My hero. This mm-hmm. man is my hero. It's true. Can you imagine that we are going through life now and, and more and more I see and hear it awful communication on the phone, even from people who are being paid to work on the phone every day mm-hmm. to the point that I correct them. I'm honest with you. I, I just can't take it anymore. Right. Sometimes it's people are talking so quickly and so uh, without enunciation so poorly, they're totally untrained and they're working for a major corporation and I have to deal with them and I didn't understand the word they just said or I'm in line at McDonald's and the person on the speaker it just is not projecting at all no resonance no voice nothing going mm-hmm. on I can't understand a word they're saying it's really sad and we have pushed the aside the fact that everyone needs voice training at least once in their life, and they will never forget that, mm-hmm. and they will use it their entire lifetime. I don't know why we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from the customer service that was so uh, wonderful in years past. It's very difficult to find somebody on the phone who is competent, and when I do, I actually compliment them right. and say, you really did a great job. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. I understood everything you said. You were quite clear and you were friendly and you smiled at me. This first person who answers the phone and all these businesses is the business. Mm-hmm. When we call, we're making the first contact with that person. They are the most important person in your company. If you're not paying them a lot of money and complimenting them for doing a great job, you are not understanding how important it is that phone when mm-hmm. people answer it and talk and when we get a computer and when we are just frustrated because we can't find a person to me it's just not very good business now right. i know this is the way we're headed we're mm-hmm. headed for this kind of robotic information uh, for the rest of our life and that's just the way it's going to go it's unfortunate but i do believe the people who understand that communication will always be critical that the voice is the best thing you have going for you those people are very successful i had a real estate Asian who sold my house recently, who does not do the things uh, the new way entirely. He is the type that gets on the phone. He can communicate with people. He sends you an email. He contacts you personally. He does the things correctly like your friend is doing. Mm -hmm. That makes them stand out and stand above the crowd. This is what I'm talking about. If you want to be different, if you want to be unique, do the training, do Mm -hmm. the homework, learn how to do it right. You will never forget it. It will pay rewards for years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes it is the little things. You know, I challenge everyone here, call your own voicemail and you know, see what your outgoing voicemail message sounds like to a caller. You know, is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it I'm bored and I really didn't want to talk to you type of, of message? Just listen to that. Um, now, it's funny. I had I paid someone, a voiceover person, to record my outgoing message. I paid a man to do it. And this was this this is just this kind of weird philosophy, and I know it's my own weird philosophy. My company name is Wise Women Communications. But part of the reason that I wanted someone else to record the message was so it it's not a one person shop. 
you know, I, I want to give the, the, the impression and it is a, a company that has more than one employee, but then the whole wise women thing, I wanted a man to do it. I don't know why. I mean, there's just that weird thing. So, but again, think about what is that initial message that somebody's going to get from you? Do you sound like, Hey, I really want to work with this person or is it, well, you know, Hey, they, they screen their calls. We know we can just tell and we're not even going to leave a message. Exactly. And my big pet peeve is when you leave your number or email or whatever you're leaving for people <laughs> on voicemail, going to say. <laughs> please say it clearly and twice. Mm-hmm. That's just basic, basic communication. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. People get used to saying their name mm-hmm. and to them, they just say, uh, Bill Patty, mm-hmm. Bill Patty. They don't say, hi, I'm Bill Patty, smiling. Mm-hmm. They don't do it. I don't know why. They just flat out, they've heard it so many times, they don't want to go to the trouble of enunciating it clearly. That is the most important thing in the world to that person, their name. Mm-hmm. So when you meet someone, if you shake their hand, you look them in the eye and you say, wow, Deb, it's so wonderful to meet you. I've listened to you on radio and I've just enjoyed your show for so many years. Thank you so much for being a great communicator. Wow. You're going to stand out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you communicate with people face to face or on the phone as if this gentleman who looks in the mirror, that's really taking it to the, to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. But whatever gets you motivated to do this, when I began in voiceover work and that was doing commercials, narrations, uh, videos, all of that, I would actually cold call places. Ooh. Okay, I had a whole database of people. I was cold calling all the time and also then calling back like this gentleman does in real estate. Mm -hmm. That's how you find business because every once in a while, a little nugget turns up. The next thing you know, you've got quite a few accounts and you are working for a lot of ad agencies and and those Mm -hmm. production houses. And this was all done through just picking up the phone and calling people. Nobody does that anymore, I understand. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that personal touch will make a difference in your life. Don't be afraid to use it to your advantage just because it's not in, just because everybody else emails or even emails today are not being used. It's texting. We're all going toward. Uh, this is, again, a very any kind of anything that's on a flat screen can be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. The best thing is the tone of your voice is critical to success. You have a very interesting tone and timber to your voice. It really shows me that you would be a very exciting and interesting person to talk to in person. Mm -hmm. I would like to meet you and have a nice hour-long discussion. I think we could get along very well. I base that all on our communication right here, even though we can't see each other and I can't uh, actually physically be with you. Mm -hmm. So that's how important it is that your voice really is who you are as a person, that you're presenting yourself in the best possible way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it really is something that, you know, I, I can't say this enough that, that we do have to practice. You know, I mentioned that I had a sticky note on my computer for, you know, for many years, slow down. Um, it's funny. I was in a mastermind call uh, just yesterday where we were talking about having an audience. And, you know, and actually it, it devolved into that. Originally, the conversation was knowing who your target market was and always, you know, speaking to them. And, you know, I can't, it's funny, I try and speak without using my hands and, and because I get to gesturing so much, I'm going to fly away. But, uh, but so we were talking about how to, you know, who is your target audience? You know, men 35 to 45, you know, women 65 and whatever it is. And I tell my clients, have a picture of that person somewhere so that when you're writing, you're writing to that person. And But I take it a step further. When I do webinars, I, I love doing webinars because they're easy. You know, I can do them sitting here in my pajamas, my shorts, you know, whatever. I'm not having to travel. You can reach people around the world, you know, and so on and so on. But there's nobody there. And to me, that's really hard because I'm, you know, obviously I'm a very social person. I had somebody tell me one time it was a shame I was so shy. And I just looked at him and I said, have you met me? Um, but, but yeah, so I don't like doing a webinar with no one. So I have two dolls. I have Ken and Barbie. And when I am doing a webinar, they are standing right in front of me. So they're my audience. And to me, that helps 
to speak to them. So I'm not speaking to my computer and then my voice will get more and more boring. You know, I'm speaking to them. So I'm staying animated. You know, I've, I've even had stuffed animals. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll get carried away with it sometimes and have a lot of fun, but that's the hard part sometimes, especially for someone who home offices or, you know, maybe it's just in a small office or an office, you know, big environment where you have these doors that close. When we're not speaking to an audience, it shows in our voice. You know, it, it drops in pitch. It drops in excitement. All these various things. And that's what I like about my realtor friend when he does that because he's speaking in the mirror. You know, he's seeing that excitement or that lack thereof. You probably uh, are from the radio world, so you understand what I'm going to say next, which is that as a radio announcer, I was trained as well to speak to one person. We always think, well, we have, you know, particularly today with podcasting, everyone says, I have 500,000 people listening to my podcast. Oh, really? Do you? Mm -hmm. All over the world. And I'm thinking, well, is that really your audience? Is that really the person you speak to? 500,000 people or 10,000 people? In radio, we had a target audience, as you're talking about. It Mm -hmm. was a female, age 35 to 44. She drove uh, an SUV. She had 2.5 children. She had, you know, that we knew everything about that person who was our core audience. Mm -hmm. So that when we went on the radio, we tailored our speech and our talking and our ad-libbing to that person, that one person. Mm -hmm. Now, that could be somebody we knew. It could be Uncle Harry or Aunt Sally. Whoever it was we decided in our mind was going to represent that audience. So what you're doing with the dolls is similar to what we were doing. We were imagining the one person we were speaking to because you don't think about it as thousands of people or tens of thousands of people. You think of it as Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed Mr. Rogers on television, the way he addresses children? Right. He's he talking says, to yeah, one you, kid. Mm-hmm. You are the most unique person I have ever met. I mm-hmm. really like you. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. And that's why people say, when I watched him, he was talking to me. Because he was, he was talking to that one child in his mind that he was communicating with. The really, really good communicators know how to do that and do it effectively, they are very successful. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about some real nuts and bolts, those things that that we can fix. One of the things that that I always think of are accents. It's fun. You know, I get to talk to people from around the world on my radio program, and sometimes I do have a little bit of trouble understanding them because they're not from the United States. But of course, even here in the United States, we have different accents. And I'm from Colorado, so I have kind of that Midwestern, I, I hope it's not a twang voice, but I, going to school, I had people that said I, I, I would speak with an accent and I look at them and I say, I'm from Colorado. I, how can I have an accent? There's, you know, there's no, and, but moving here to the South, now it is different in Atlanta because you don't hear that true Southern accent. Very much. You know, you still hear it, but certainly not as, you know, if, if I was in Montgomery or Savannah or someplace like that. But every once in a while, a y'all will get into my, my, my tone of voice, things like that. We try sometimes to not have those accents so that we do enunciate so that people can hear us. But it was funny because as I was thinking about that, I, and, and you mentioned earlier, kind of fitting in, what about having, you know, gaining that accent so that you fit in. Is that something that people do? Accents are fine. I teach accent reduction, Mm -hmm. but that's generally to people from outside the country who are having difficulty being understood at work, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly people from Asia or Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, South America. The fact is, Accents are fine as long as we can understand you. Americans just want to be able to understand a person clearly. Mm -hmm. If they can understand them, whether they're from Texas or Boston or, you know, wherever it happens to be, Mm -hmm. they want to be able to understand what you're saying. So particularly in the South, it comes down to are you opening your mouth in Georgia wide enough to get the sounds out? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. This is, as I tell my students, your speaker. We only have one speaker. That's our mouth. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We don't have multi-stereo speakers on the walls as we do, you know, the surround sound. We only have one place where the sound's got to come out. Now, if I start doing this with my mouth and I don't let anything come out of my mouth, that's what's going to come out. Nothing. Mm-hmm. This is the why we have to project. We have to open our jaw. Mm-hmm. We have to work the inside of our mouth, our teeth, our soft palate, our tongue, our lips, all have to work in conjunction with our brain, and we have to be working hard with our jaw to be very flexible so we can say every syllable of every word. That's what it's about. Now, whether I'm talking with an accent like this, I can still open my mouth very wide and get it all out clearly. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to be doing, opening the mouth and not mumbling, not speeding. When you speed talk, you're going to be stumbling over words. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they're running all together, and you have an unclear speech, and it's just a negative for you. It certainly is going to have an impact on your career, on your life, on your friends, on everybody, if they can't understand what you're saying. Right. Slowing down will help, and also opening your mouth and jaw. Those are the critical things you have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned a word in there that, that I wanted to talk a little bit more about, and that's that word projection. Now, granted, I, you know, I go back to my, my uh, vocal training where we would stand at, you know, on the stage and they had to be able to hear us in that back row. Um, we didn't have mics. Even if you had them, you didn't. And, and I will tell people even now when I go to give uh, presentations, I don't need a mic. I know how to project. Now, I will test it, you know, I, and, and I don't want to be yelling through the program, all these various things. But part of that comes from that breathing, from that diaphragm. How do people work on that, though? Because we all know those quiet talkers. And now some people do it on purpose because they want you to lean in. They really want to engage you in that conversation. But if you're just naturally a person who has a quiet voice, how, how do you, Work on projecting it. It's about air. It's all about the air. How much air am I going to put out? It's like when I was talking about being intimate with a woman and lowering. You think I'm lowering my voice. Actually, I'm lowering the amount of air that I'm pushing out. Now I'm pushing out about 30% of my total air. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to raise it up to 50%. Now it's going up to 70%. Now I'm at 100% projection, total 100%. That's all the air I have in my diaphragm being pushed out totally and giving a full sound. Mm -hmm. I didn't think you were as old as I am because... When you said that you had to project on stage when you were in high school, like I did for my uh, musical, my big senior musical mm-hmm, that I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was had a 2000 seat auditorium we had and we had no microphones. There was no, right. there were no portable microphones mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was strictly get on stage and let loose. So you better n- learn how to project really well. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started projecting extremely well back in high school. I was developing my ability to be able to project. Now, the good thing about projection and doing it properly is you don't strain your voice. So as you age, it won't impact your voice. But if you are constantly pushing your voice beyond its limits, you will damage your voice. Mm -hmm. So you find a lot of newscasters, uh, singers, uh, people who are on Broadway, I can give you examples. Bill Clinton is a good example of a person mm-hmm. who actually ruined his voice and has a permanent raspy voice because right. he overused it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucille Ball is another good example. When she was on I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. she had a perfectly fine voice, but she did this uh, Broadway show, and I forget the name of it, but it was during the early 60s, and she ruined her voice projecting out to the audience eight shows a week, And as a result, she got a permanently raspy voice. So when she was doing Here's Lucy, you hear a different Lucy voice than the original voice. Mm -hmm. That's what can happen to you if you are not properly projecting your voice and saving your voice. People on Broadway, they actually do not speak on Mondays. Mondays are their Mm -hmm. days off. They don't talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do not talk at all. That's how you save your voice. If you get to the point where your voice is bothering you, you've spoken too much that day. Rest it. And I mean totally rest it. You do not use it. The vocal folds get inflamed, irritated, red, swollen. The way to bring them back to normal, stop talking. Mm -hmm. So you find a lot of people today, particularly American Idol, The Voice, these kinds of shows where they drive these young people really hard and they send them on the road after they win or they get in the top ten. And then all of a sudden you read, 
oh, so-and-so has seen a throat specialist and is now off the road for 30 days and unable to speak for the next 30 days. Otherwise, mm-hmm. she's going to permanently damage her throat. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's how bad it can get quickly if you overuse your voice. So it's mm-hmm. important that projection is a part of learning how to speak properly so that you are not screaming. Right. You don't want to scream. Mm-hmm. You want to project. That's the way to do it. That's the way to save your voice for the future. Well, and you can feel when you're screaming that tightness, um, you know, and 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 there's, you know, obviously it's because we're taking in less air, you know, we're tense, all of those various things. But when it, then maybe one of the, the easiest ways to kind of slow that down, calm that is to just stop and take a deep breath because that forces everything to relax. And, you know, it's I, I remember, you know, the other thing that I was always told was stand up straight. Now, you know, yes, there's a variety of reasons for that. But again, that's that's stretching those vocal cords to where they're proper. Now, you don't want to stand up too straight or they're going to squeak at you. But you know, that that is part of it is when we're standing up straight, we don't have that vocal cord compressed in there. So it, it is more able to do what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, and our diaphragm is not compressed either. That's really the big thing about posture and standing up when you give a speech at a lectern or mm-hmm. a speech in front of a, an audience. You want to stand, you want to move around, of course, and you want to be able to have the air come easily to you. Sometimes when you're sitting, you get a little scrunched down or you're not getting enough air out as I'm sitting right now. It would be easier for me to do this from a standing position. And of course, when I do voice work, I am in a standing position behind a microphone. So I have full air and I can actually get through any sentence without having to grab air. Mm -hmm. There are some people that do something called glottal fry. Have you ever heard of that? No. Glottal fry is when you run out of air at the end of a sentence and your voice does this. <laughs> you, you, you do that. <laughs> yeah, you just run out of air. And mm-hmm. there are there's one person in particular, and I hate to mention his name on the air, but I'm going to so people will tune into his show and, and listen to him do it. His name is Jimmy Kimmel, and mm-hmm. he's on ABC television every right. night with his own talk show. And Jimmy Kimmel, if you watch him during his monologue, will run out of air during his monologue several times. And he does glottal fry. He does it every night. Now, he was a radio announcer, and I'm not sure why it is that he does that, but he wasn't trained into getting enough air in so that you can get through any sentence. Because believe it or not, there are times when you have a really long sentence as an announcer or as a performer, and you got to get through the whole thing without grabbing air, Mm -hmm. pulling air in. It's a difficult thing to do. So you do exercises That's part of our class as well, doing exercises to say, for example, the days of the week. I'm going to have you on one breath, say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, continue to say that on one breath, and I'm going to time you. If you can do it in 20 seconds, that would be average. 30 seconds is good. Mm -hmm. More than 30 seconds is excellent. Mm -hmm. And there are some people can do it for minutes, Other people can't do it for more than 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's about your physical condition. It's about the way you bring air in and let it out. If you, It's like being underwater. If you let out all the air at once, you don't stay underwater very long. Same Mm -hmm. thing with saying words. Right. Well, you'll love this, Bill. One of the the things that one of my voice instructors did one time was he he put me with my back up against a wall. And then he leaned with all of his weight. He, he put, he made a fist and, and he put that fist in my diaphragm and then he made me sing. And it, uh, you know, first I could get like two notes out before, you know, and, and, but the more I worked that muscle with that weight in there, the, I mean, it's, it's a muscle just like anything else. And, and so I got to where I could move him. Now, you know, granted he was not, you know, a, 200 pound guy he was kind of this this little guy but i could move him with just breathing in and so that is part of where i learn you know i've mentioned it that's that is part of where i learned how to speak and how to enunciate and how to project yes if you want to find your diaphragm and that is a sheet of muscle around the midsection of your body goes all the way around your body if you want to find it here's a good little thing we do as far as exercises and that is to pretend you're santa claus Oh, we're going to ho ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. ho, ho. and there's a bounce. Mm-hmm. Ho, ho, 
Oh, as I do that, mm-hmm. I can see my stomach bouncing. That's the diaphragm. That's where we get the air to push out as we say words. Mm-hmm. This is going to give us the power in our voice to sound better, clearer, crisper, and more solid. We won't have a quivering voice when we're taking air from the diaphragm. If we're taking it kind of in our upper chest area, our throat, it's not going to be as effective. Mm-hmm. And you'll also see people take it to the other extreme where their stomach is going in and out. And no, you know, that's that's not where the air is going, folks. <laughs> no, it's not your stomach, but it's close. It's in mm-hmm. that area. Right. Now, we've talked about, and especially when we were talking about accents, but this is one of my pet peeves, and that's enunciation. When I was in college, I was in a traveling theater group. Great fun. You know, lots of, and again, learning how to project all those various things. But we spent a month where we basically all lived together. And my uh, the professor, the leader of the group uh, was absolutely phenomenal. He was also the speech professor, but his big thing was enunciation. And when you improperly said words, you got punishment. Things like you had to cook dinner for everyone that night or, you know, all these various <laughs> things. So n- nothing that was you know horrible and awful, but you, you didn't really want to have to cook dinner for everybody or do the dishes or all of those things. And it was things like, I'm going to go get that. That word is not G-I-T. it's get and so sometimes I actually think I take it to an extreme when I'm trying to enunciate but think about those words folks you know it's part of it is you do sound in more in in some ways more well educated when you enunciate and that's you know just kind of one of those those things but yeah the people who sound like they have marbles who don't enunciate oh you know to me that just drives me nuts get and just those are the two Just. (laughs) I have more pet thieves on those. When I see Mm -hmm. people on television say, and this is just a personal one, and it may be now it's become accepted, but O-F-T-E-N. How do you Mm -hmm. say O-F-T-E-N? Often. I say the T. You say the T, but do you say the word soften? No. You say soften. (laughs) So this drives me nuts because it's to me it's often. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other words are hundred with Mm -hmm. an R. Mm-hmm. library, when they say library, mm-hmm. and uh, regularly. Now, there's one, announcers everywhere always miss on that word. Mm-hmm. Regularly, twenty five ninety five. now only priced at, and you would be amazed how many guys and women miss it mm-hmm. because they just can't say regularly. It's a very difficult word with that L and R together. These are the kinds of things in enunciation that drive you nuts as an announcer because there's certain words that you always have problems with getting through in a script. Mm-hmm. My particular nemesis was G-O-L-F. Golf. Golf. Somehow I was saying G-U-L-F like, as opposed mm-hmm. to G-O-L-F. Mm-hmm. And uh, I drove people nuts at this place I was doing voice work for because I was saying golf, the Gulf of Mexico, as opposed to golf, golf on the golf course. Mm-hmm. So I finally, I had to finally learn how to say that properly as I was doing so many golf course commercials. And another word that was a problem for me because I'm originally from upstate New York and up there we were talking through our nose quite a bit and we mm-hmm. said the, we said the word fog, fog. Yeah. I mean, it's all mm-hmm. foggy today. Mm-hmm. And I had to d- determine that I was going to change that and I did. And now it's fog. Mm-hmm. I say fog. So that's, that's how as an announcer, I've learned to compensate in enunciation for so many different words Mm -hmm. that are said differently all over the United States. And you have to decide, how am I going to say this? Another one that in in college, my college professor would just drive us nuts by saying, it's not status, it's status. And I've Ah. never been comfortable Mm -hmm. with status. So I've said status, but you know, but it's, you're not sure how to say things Mm -hmm. when your college professor makes such a big deal about it. But that's how particular we are about it. In this business, voice business, but it is important how you say things to people, how you communicate. It's going to make a difference in your life if you start thinking about it and trying to better yourself and sound more educated and intelligent by talking correctly. Mm -hmm. Well, holy schmoly, Bill. You know, this this is something that obviously fascinates me, and we've only got about five minutes left, and, and we could continue this conversation forever. 
Let's let's talk about a couple more little tips. Um, you know, we talked off the air about that thing that I had sitting right in front of me that I knew was bad, but I was still going to do it anyway. And that's my coffee cup. You know, you know, see, now I'm just going <laughs> to <laughs> coffee in, you know, is is bad in multiple ways before you get it. Now, obviously, if you're just calling somebody very quick, things like that. You don't have to worry about it. But when you're going to really be speaking like what we're doing, why is something like coffee bad for you? Well, my nemesis is orange juice. Mm. For some reason, it just clogs up my vocal folds. Mm -hmm. And I did not have orange. I love orange juice, but I didn't have it this morning because I was talking to you. And I didn't want to be clearing my throat every five minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same thing goes for coffee, but in a different way. Coffee has caffeine. So any Mm -hmm. caffeine... Uh, type drink, uh, tea, coffee, uh, that type of thing, a uh, soda, all those things dry your body out. Mm-hmm. We are 95% water. We want to maintain our vocal folds with hydration. So mm-hmm. that means we have to use water, only water on our throat so that it continues to sound good and mm-hmm. you can use it indefinitely and it lubricates your voice right. basically. So anything you're putting down your throat is going past your vocal folds. Think of it that way. So if you're going to have a lunch today at, uh, let's say, Subway, and you're going to have the extra vinegar, look out. I did that one time when I was doing voice work, and I went to lunch, and I had an afternoon session. I went in, and I had diminished my voice by perhaps 20% because wow. it had got coated with mm-hmm. that vinegar. Mm-hmm. Uh, dairy products we talked about right. earlier, that definitely I, Not coats. only am I drinking caffeine, I have creamer in it yeah so all these things and and of course the coffee is the caffeine that's the issue Mm -hmm. for you it kind of charges you up too so i don't know if that's good or bad that's up to you but (laughs) it's about it's about dehydrating your body and the water leaving your body so you have less water for your throat it's all about worrying about your throat you have to think of your throat as and well, in my case, the way I make a living. It's a so, you, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you think about it differently than you do just, well, it's something that's there and people think, well, I just use it and I just make sounds and I, you know, so what? I don't need the training. I know as one woman told me one time about my classes, well, why should I hire you? I already know how to speak. And I said to her, no, you don't. No one has ever trained you how to speak. Right. I will teach you how to speak, but it's caffeine, dairy products, uh, oil, vinegars, things like that that can impact you. It's different things for different people. Orange juice for me, maybe not for you, but that, mm-hmm. you know, if you get the pulp and the orange juice, that's what happens. It right. kind of clings to your vocal folds and that will kind of mess you up in the morning. So I'm very careful if I have to do any kind of announcing work, what I'm putting down my throat and also whether I'm eating prior to working mm-hmm. because your body is in the process of digesting right. and you are burping. And burping is not good when you're trying to talk. Well, and one of the things that I, on occasion, have to to struggle with is I will get the hiccups because, especially if I'm getting excited, because I'm taking in air too fast. <laughs> okay, well, you've got a lot of issues. I know, I know. I know. Now, the the one quick question about you know drinking temperature is it better for lukewarm, ice cold, hot? Well, it depends on the individual, mm-hmm. and I prefer, of course, a room temperature. Mm-hmm. Most people do. Some people actually like it really cold, but mm-hmm. I think that's not good. To I me, also that have seems a, like that muscle is going to go. Yeah, you would think so, but everybody's different. Air conditioning drives my voice nutty. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm in a building that has very cold temperatures, my voice will actually shut down mm-hmm. to about. I've only got 40%. I can't project anymore. I don't have any resonance. Mm -hmm. It's just because for some reason it froze up my vocal folds. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. Everybody is different, however, so different things will impact you that won't impact me. Know what they are. Avoid them when possible. Well, Bill, holy schmoly, we are at the top of the hour. I hope that we have really piqued people's interests. And so how can they find you and connect with you online? YourVoiceProfessor.com, YourVoiceProfessor.com. We have classes for all 30, 45, and 60-minute classes, reasonably priced. They start at only $30. That is in uh, 
uh, speaking voice. We also do voice acting, accent reduction, public speaking. You name it, we've got it. Five different classes, and they are really spectacular. In a very short period of time, we can make you, I guarantee, a better speaker than you are now. It will impact your life. It will impact your career. It will impact your love life. It has a, an amazing way of making you a better person. And that's what this is about, making people all they can be and to be as successful as you can be. This is just one of the many tools you need to be successful in your life. I love it. You know, and, and again, it's for anybody. It's not just if you're going to be a public speaker. That's right. You know, if you're walking up to people at a networking event and saying, hi, my name is Deb Career and I'm here. They're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, we're not going to deal with you. So, you know, it, it is about how you have that first impression. So really make it count. Enunciate. Have enthusiasm without getting carried away. All those various things. So I do encourage you to reach out to Bill at yourvoiceprofessor.com. I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely delightful time talking with Bill Patty. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.